This short practice is designed to invite brain-balancing mindfulness. Whether you focus on it as you sit quietly, or let it be background while you walk, doodle, commute, or cook, which would be awesome, because cooking is the heart of today's practice. The next minutes invite you to free your mind, to hold an intention or presence or mindful focus as you do what you do, as long as what you're doing doesn't need your full attention. The whole point is to let your thoughts and feelings meander mindfully as you experience both what you're doing and whatever comes up on a deeper level, one that activates and integrates regions across the brain. I'm Ellen Petrie-Leance, and welcome to this Everyday Mindfulness Practice, a weekly offering on the Brain and Beyond podcast. Take a deep breath, open your mind, and let's get started. I'm glad you're here. is one of the human activities that fires up an outlier amount of the brain's sensory, motor, cognitive, and even emotional functions. When we pay attention to cooking, it kind of lights the whole brain up. That's Jason, by the way, a husband, dad, business strategist, conference producer, and occasional kitchen ninja. I think of Jason as a pretty mindful person, yet even he, he says, sometimes gets caught up in the hustle and flurry cooking can be. Remindfulness being what it is, sometimes we need a little nudge to remember how awesome it is to enjoy our time preparing the food we eat, and that's what we'll practice today. not mindfully, quickly. What are the first three words that come to mind when you think about cooking? I thought of this today when a friend shared a demo from a person on Instagram who used ChatGPT to generate a meal plan. He began with the words, I'm going to save so much time, and added that meal planning was a thing he hates to do. I had to wonder how that thought has become so prevalent in our culture. I recognize that I grew up in different, less tech-driven times. Yet I'm no Luddite. I don't resist the many benefits of tech. What I do think about are the trade-offs, and to me, opinion here, not dogma. Some of the things we've given up to do more things faster, and to let busy take the place of slow, well, When moments of slow are so good for our health, our enjoyment, and even our brains, 
Watching the rising focus on save time and automate, I disclose that this raises some concerns. As I considered the impact on actual happiness that all of this outsourcing might point to, which is another topic. Let's get back to cooking. Remember those three words? Bring them back to mind. And now, not quickly, slowly, intentionally. What three words come to mind when you think about how you would like cooking to be? Most people I talk to out there actually love the idea of cooking. Maybe they watch cooking shows, admire the work of creative and artistic chefs, even home chefs whose cooking they applaud. Maybe they treat themselves to special gizmos or ingredients that add pizzazz to their pizza or whatever else they like to conjure in the kitchen. Yet much of the time, the way they end up cooking is a lot like those first three words, rushed, a hassle, not enough time, a burden or an inconvenience rather than a sensory delight, an experience of pleasure that offers a break from the other routines of the world. So it's good to know that cooking can be a meditation or at least a way of practicing mindfulness. Making that happen can be as easy as taking a moment one small moment before you reach for that first pan or pick up that first onion. All you have to do is set an intention. An intention is a desire, a focus, a resolution, if you will, or a thought that leads you in a direction you want to follow. One that activates the prefrontal cortex, or PFC, that place of your highest mental functions. An intention directs and even reprioritizes the attention you and even your brain will pay. Intentions activate neurocircuitry in balancing ways, ways that guide your brain to fire and wire in support of more presence and groundedness. Intentions are kind of the first ingredient in practicing mindfulness. They can be simple, small thoughts or directions that prime your PFC to attend and focus. A cooking intention might be patience, appreciation, slowness, self-encouragement, playfulness. Try these thoughts on for a moment. What comes up for you? Even noticing resistance to any of these potential intentions it's good information about your brain wanting you to do more of what you've already habituated and already done. Witnessing that helps you understand why shifting gears to mindfulness can be hard, why re-mindfulness is so often needed. Yet back to those words, patience, appreciation, slowness, self-appreciation, actually dropping into noticing all we actually know how to do what we're good at in the kitchen. How often do we let ourselves appreciate that, right? What might change in the way you prepped, the way you cooked, if you set any intention? Imagine the difference between slicing carrots as you hurried to get everything done and slicing them in rhythm with your breath or with the sort of evenness that made you want to place them artfully on the salad rather than simply swipe them into the bowl. Reflective, intentional time in the kitchen is a reliable way to invite a unique modality 
of networked activity in our brains. It's called the DMN, or default mode network, and though there's still a lot about it that we don't know, it seems to be a mode that helps update the personal narratives of our life, and one that invites creativity. We'll dig into the DMN another time, yet for today, I have a recipe to offer. One as close to you as your utensil drawer and spice rack, and that is to use cooking as a mindfulness practice. In most long-standing human societies, cooking was a shared practice, one that brought people together each day, even multiple times each day, for connection and conversation. Food, in a way, was the appetizer to the deliciousness of interconnection, of shared time that nourished friendship as well as bodies. Cooking was a social activity, one where stories and ideas were exchanged, where children learned by watching their elders prepare the stuff that brought nourishment and strength to the community. How did cooking become what it often is today, a task or obligation, a burden? Is this an outgrowth of our emphasis on busy, on how the things we do, earn, and gain have become more valued in society than how we actually nourish ourselves? If so, mindful cooking is an invitation to balance those pressures and put even deeper intentions into action, like the intention to stay present, to choose the priorities that align with your values, and to cultivate a sense of appreciation for the experiences of your life. If you can do that in the kitchen, you're practicing mindful and even meditative cooking. In a world that often pressures us to do more, to prioritize saving so much time, to piling on yet another way we should be doing things better, remember that mindful cooking doesn't mean more complexity or anything more elaborate. In fact, it could mean really simplifying, not doing all the things, yet doing a few things really attentively. Simple things, simmered in intention, satisfying to the senses, brain-balancing, and even deeply enjoyable. I entered I Don't Have Time to Cook into Google and thought I'd see a swarm of meal plans, pre-portioned assemble-it-yourself food delivery, and all kinds of other stuff that would, full disclosure, make me feel a bit sad because I see cooking to be something like mental medicine that soothes the stress of everyday life. Yet that didn't happen. Instead, I found a veritable cornucopia of articles on how to use cooking as a meditation or as a reminder of what really matters in life, of what the basic pleasures really are. Some of these articles pointed out that it's not so much that we don't have time to cook as it is that we haven't prioritized this essential, health-oriented, balancing, and innately human activity as, well, as important as all of the other stuff we feel like we have to do. And, fair enough, often actually do have to do. Still, I like this quote from one article. Quote, Compared to tasks related to jobs, school, or childcare, it can be easy to forget how important the food that you put in your body really is. End quotes. Especially in a culture that so often makes us feel rushed and overwhelmed, and that even normalizes that with the message that that's how it's supposed to be? Paying attention to what we eat, 
even paying attention to how we prepare it, is an act of love and of self-love and self-love, self-care, self-nourishment. When we make these intentional, we begin to see the value in them that may have been forgotten as the world around us has pointed us toward the Russian flurry that serves its agenda at the cost, often, of our own. All of this Russian flurry too often disconnects us from gratitude for what actually matters in our lives and from the wonder of the world and for how we care for it as attentively as we care for ourselves. You'll find some of those articles I mentioned and a few special ingredients at www.thebrainandbeyond.com slash episodes slash eight or by clicking the link in this episode page. But shrug off some of that flurry for today. Sense how you feel as you think about cooking, even right now, whether you're actually doing it or envisioning how you'll do it later. Activate an intention that lets you really experience it with no judgment or shoulds, aware of what is happening and however it makes you feel. That awareness, even for a moment, is the practice of mindfulness. I'll close with some inspiration from Chip Conley, an awesome hospitality guru who now runs MEA, an organization that elevates wisdom and helps people navigate transitions, especially at midlife. He's great at opening up nature walks with the question, Nature, what will you teach me today? How about stirring up your next cooking session with this mindful invitation? Cooking, what will you teach me today? Will it be to see real beauty in the familiar yet surprising sound of crisp carrots yielding to your knife? Of their brightness as you cut them? Their fresh, sweet smell? Will you appreciate nature's potency in how those onions actually bring tears to your eyes or as steam rises when water begins to boil? Will you taste slowly a test bite of whatever you're preparing and find satisfaction in how you got the spices just right? Get curious about the enjoyment of cooking that somehow seems to wait in our deepest memories embedded in all chapters of our past. Feel the balance in your senses, even in your brain, as you mindfully, remindfully, reconnect with the deliciousness of all that cooking evokes in you. What it might even teach you. Breathe in your intention. Take your time. And bon appetit. Thanks for listening to this Everyday Mindfulness Practice at the Brain and Beyond Podcast. I'm Ellen Petrie-Liance, and I invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast channel or visit www.thebrainandbeyond.com to learn more about easy, actionable neuroscience.
and the topics and people who contribute to this show. And thanks again to artist Lucia Lilikoy for our beautiful theme music, Land Where I Belong. Land where I belong, call me, call me. I hope you'll come back soon. Water rising from, hold me, hold me. Ooh.